there's this concept called data gravity, right? You want to be closer to the data. And uh, if your application is in uh, in Japan and then some cloud provider doesn't provide your uh, a data center in Japan, then obviously you're forced to use other cloud provider. When you use something like Elastic Cloud, you don't have to make the choice. We pretty much have you covered across the world. And that's why we, we call it planet scale. Like you can pretty much do it anywhere in the world. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stack Overflow hey. podcast place. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Ben. How How's you? it going? It's good. I know you were a little late to the meeting. You were doing your weekly Among Us. Yeah, this is how I had to team members someone. bond in the remote era. Yeah, it was really rough. We um, So we have a, the community team. We have a weekly and the LGBTQIA plus affinity group here at Stack Overflow. We have a weekly Among Us meeting. And we played one more game. And I was the imposter and everyone was just bunching up and it, it was like five <laughs> minutes and I couldn't, I couldn't get anyone alone. So finally I just had to kill someone in front of everyone else. And <laughs> it was a Super tough cool. one. It was a tough one. Um, yeah. We have a great guest on today. Suyog Rao. I hope I got your name right from Elastic. Suyog, hello. Welcome. Hi. Hi folks. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You and I met a while back. Elastic, we should say, is a customer of ours. I think it works both ways. I think we used Elasticsearch and you guys use Stack Overflow for Teams. But um, for folks who don't know, tell them uh, who you are and, and what it is you do at Elastic. Yeah. My name is uh, Suyo Grau. I'm the Director of Engineering at uh, Elastic. And uh, my area of uh, management or, or the groups that I manage is the SaaS software in Elastic. Elastic, as you know, uh, most of your viewers probably are familiar with it, uh, is the company behind popular open source products like Elasticsearch, Logstash, Kibana. And we have uh, managed and hosted SaaS software that that some of our some of my groups manage. Right. And for people who don't know, it started out as an open source project and then became like a, a for profit company. Or what was the order? Like, what's the order of operations there? You know, it was three different products that came together. Uh, definitely, the first one was the Elasticsearch. Um, uh, that's the search engine. That's the uh, our data analytics open source project. And then uh, uh, Logstash and Kibana. We we. Uh, joined forces and and then the company was formed and we started building products on top of our open source products and then and then rest is history as as they say yeah Very Th- cool. this is a topic Sarah and I and Paul talk about a lot it's sort of like what happens when you launch an open source product and it becomes very successful like how do you support that emotionally with your time with your money as a developer and you know we've had a few people on where they took this route, you know, they had an open source project, but then sort of productized on top of it to create a company. And that allows both sides of the coin to sort of thrive. Yeah, it's a fascinating, you know, the last 10 years, open source infrastructure, especially infrastructure, open source companies just kind of had the same arc, right? They start and then got so popular and then companies formed around it, beautiful communities around it. It's great. Great to see that. Yeah, we use Elasticsearch here at Stack Overflow. It's a great product. Yeah, what do you see in the community right now? What is your community like, and how is Elasticsearch growing? I know it's it's a it's a huge community, a lot of people using your product. Yeah, and Elasticsearch, our founder keeps talking about this. When he started the software, he was the first support engineer. He was the first community member, and he had like basic forum support, right? So it just spread from there, and the software was super easy to use. And as I said, like we now have a, we're a multi-product company, and the community for some of our open source softwares are still so strong. As it happens today, we have a 
community conference in Elastic. So we were we invited folks and they submitted proposals or talks happening about Elasticsearch, how they use it, and Logstash, Kibana, all the different products, open source products. So it's great. It's uh, our software has been downloaded like multiple millions of times, and and we see great collaboration in in like you know the github repositories and and in forums and meetups and even though things are virtual now i see so many meetups happening around elastic and elastic search and uh, it's just fascinating to see that must be really rewarding to see uh... you know our our the developers in the company a lot of us come from the open source background and i i'd say earlier our our hiring and recruiting was kind of easy because People who loved our software, they were using it, they started contributing to it, and then they're like, oh, wow, there's a company behind it. And we were like, come join us, and you could work full-time on, on the open source product and uh, help, help, help build products. So that was that was an easier pitch. And then this is how our distributed uh, work environment started. And, and uh, we were talking about it. Like Elastic's been distributed as a company since day one, uh, before the pandemic and before the whole move to remote and remote fast and we were we were like distributed and and that happens because we were an open source product and open source community and developers came from everywhere and then we we just said hey we, we've started a company do you want to join us and and it just started thriving from there so I don't know if anyone else had this experience with a family member like I feel like the open source background of software and us used to being distributed really helped in this past year. I don't know if anyone had the experience with a family member. My dad, in the first uh, few months of the pandemic, every week he'd be like, you know, it's wild what you could do online. It's really crazy. We, <laughs> you know, we all get on the computers and we all have meetings and then we go. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like every month. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, my friends and family, they used to ask like, how do you work from home every day? Like, like before pandemic happened, right? It was like, uh, how do yeah. you do it? How do you do meetings? I mean, I live in San Francisco. We used to have, I mean, we we had an office here, which we shut down during the pandemic, but our uh, we evolved where like, as we hired more people in a certain area, we used to open an office and that office was, you know, mostly for a social gathering and people used to come in and hang out. And obviously there were like places if, if you didn't have great internet at home or if you had to take a meeting and, you know, if you had kids at home and you're getting disturbed and et cetera, you could come into the office and, and take meetings. So uh, people used to ask me before, I was like, how do you do this? Like, and they said, oh, it's a, you know, it works for a 50 person company. And then when you get to hundred, it doesn't work. And then they're like, if you, if you get to 500, you're gonna you're pushing the boundaries of communication. And then now we're a 2,000-person company, and it works flawlessly. So it's it's great. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, now we've we've learned that what's possible, unfortunately, I think, well, for people like me, it's like, but can we have the office back someday? Can we have that? <laughs> yeah. No? Why would we pay for real estate when you're all doing great on yeah. your own? Just stay where yeah. you are. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's definitely the hybrid model works for some, and it's the full-on remote model or distributed model works for some. Uh, I, I do miss office. I do miss seeing people. The other thing we used to do at Elastic uh, before the pandemic was we would fly the in, entire engineering team twice a year into some location. And sometimes it's uh, in Europe, sometimes it's in North America. We will all get together, cool. celebrate our success, and and... And then talk about things like what didn't what didn't work, and some of these conversations you have to have face to face, right? It's 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 a little team bonding. It's a little like understanding like friction points as you grow. Uh, that was great as well, and and now that's moved to virtual as well. And then we were like, oh, we missed those opportunities where you know you could just hang out and and talk to people. But again, we've we've began to like adapt to the virtual um, hangouts as well. So yeah, 
That's great. Working in an open source company at a director as a director of engineering. What does your day-to-day look like? Like, what are the things that are top of mind for you? And are you also in nine hours of meetings a day? And how do you deal with it? <laughs> meetings, yeah. Um, I, I am the um, director of engineering for uh, Elastic Cloud product, uh, which is mm-hmm. not yep. uh, open source. But I say that our team and our entire engineering ethos comes from an open source background, right? Just because we started as an open yeah. source company. So there's a lot of yeah. a lot of cultural, a lot of uh, engineering philosophies we still and we have embedded in our DNA as an open source company. So my job specifically, I, I classify it as three responsibilities that I have. So one is people, which is probably the most important as, as a manager, right? So you want to make sure that you hire the best people, create the environment where they can thrive and you can support them uh, in terms of career growth and doing the best work here. They come in every day and feel kicked about like working for uh, for Elastic and uh, to create that environment and then to make sure that the cross-team collaboration and communication happens. And some people come in who've never worked in a distributed company before and some people come in who've always worked in a distributed company and and people uh, we've got 40 countries represented in Elastic so there's a, a lot of cultural angle there in terms of like how people communicate and and then you add to it uh people uh from you know different parts of the world where you don't speak English so it's it's yeah so making sure the the, the flow the team flow the co- the communication flow happens that's all part of the people and the second part for me is product we we build software and we want to build software that people love right people i got sucked into elasticsearch because i just love the software and I, I said this is a beautiful piece of software and we you know we want to continue doing that even though we were a 2000 person company oftentimes when the company grows bigger the products suffer because you know there's a lot of different like hey we want to add this feature we want to do this and then you kind of lose your like core we want to bring that magic. When you use a software, you're like, there's an aha moment every time a user uses it. And we still mm-hmm. want to keep that. And and that's one of the things where keep building software that people love and, and people really find value in. That's that's the second part of my job. And the third part is what I call as processes. You know, my job is not just the teams that I manage. It's also how do engineering teams at large communicate, right? How do you know, what are some of the things that slows us down? And and people sometimes add rules or add um, things that intentionally felt good at that point. But then as you grow, you, you kind of constrain yourself by by doing those things. So I'm constantly looking out for what makes us slow, what makes us, you know, struggle in some areas. So I think these are the three areas in my job that I focus on, which is people, product, and processes. You mentioned something there, which is that there, there were certain things about the software when it was open source that you fell in love with which kind of encouraged you to look at this as a career. Let's let's get into the weeds for a second. Like what was appealing to you about it? Maybe tell us a little bit about sort of like what your background is as a student of computer science or developer. And then, yeah, what in particular about Elastic did you find so inspiring? Yeah, um, I studied computer science in school. Uh, I went to school in Boston. And then um, immediately I worked for a startup company and, you know, as they say, startup is all about timing. And, and that startup didn't do well because I think we were too ahead of the game in some ways. And then the market mm. wasn't right. So this is back in 2003 or 2004 where, you know, we were using tablets for shopping. And, you know, it was the adoption just wasn't there. It was like, what is this awkward thing that I have to carry when I'm shopping, right? So now it's your phone. Yeah. It's it's just so crazy how 15 years makes all the difference in the world. So. Oh, yeah. 2003 tablets for shopping. Wow. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. yeah now, was, now we all have tablets exactly. for shopping. <laughs> so wild. And, and now it's the norm. <laughs> now it's like, what's a store? I don't go to a store. I just do all yeah, my I shopping. Yeah, I just do it 
on, on the tablet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I joined a big company and it was fascinating. You know, it, it, you learn from every company. You learn about how products get shipped in different companies. And then the big company, one of the things that I missed was how do your users see your software, right? How do, like when you, as a software developer, the most important thing for you is when you write a piece of code or you write functionality, you want your users to feel it and see it and play with it. And then in some big companies, you actually don't get to see it because it takes like years to ship a software, right? So you you'd write something and then like six or eight months later, sometimes even a year later, you, you ship it. I struggled a bit with that. So, and then uh, after spending about five years in a big company, uh, I I moved to, uh, to another startup called Logly. It was doing log management, and this was a SaaS software. And there, it was about you know getting all your diagnostic information and then being able to search through it. And search, and I was exploring all the different search technologies. We were using an, another software for that, and then I said like there must be something better here. And then I stumbled on Elasticsearch and. And I was like, I, I downloaded it and in on my laptop, and then two seconds later, I could put my data in. I was able to search, and that was like that was a click for me. And I said, you know, a software that is open source is so graceful to use and so powerful. I mean, this is you know, you could see it at that point. Softwares like Kafka was blowing up, right? People were using Kafka for a message bus, and then there was cost, like you know, software like Storm and and. Firebase. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, you know, a big infrastructure projects were being built on open source projects and they started very small. And I think that was a very powerful concept where you could download it on your laptop, it still works, but then you could put it on your data center or you put it on Amazon, AWS, it still works. So that's just a journey of like from a small POC to betting your company sometimes on it. Because in our startup, we were betting a company on Elasticsearch in terms of how we use it. That was what got me into it. And then I joined Elasticsearch because I, I just fell in love with the software and the company that was that was starting behind it. And so, Sarah, you had asked before what it's like day-to-day at the director level. When you started, how, how big was the team and sort of what you know what was your initial role? Were you an IC? And yeah, just sort of walk us through what it's like to go from being that team to now, I think you said 2,000 people or more? When I started, Elastic Company was about 50 people altogether, right? So it was 2014, uh, early 2014 when I joined. And I joined as a, a software engineer in in Logstash, which is our data extraction and transformation and loading tool, right? So that was open source. It was a very small team. And I joined um, this person called Jordan Sissel, who was another very prolific open source contributor. So I was thrilled joining him because he had so much background in, in uh, open source. And I was like kicked to learn from him. And, and quickly the team grew and the whole company was growing and we were hiring a lot of people. And I put my hand up and I said, look, uh, while I love writing software every day, one of the things I can help is getting you know, others to, to kind of row the boat in the same direction, right? Just making sure that everybody contributing and the clarity of vision and clarity of the product is there. And I was really interested in management. I'd done this uh, a little bit uh, before. I said I wanted to become a full-time manager. And um, when you're a small company, a manager is, is it's like a player-coach uh, combination, as I call it. So you... You're definitely managing people, but you're also actively doing 15 other things, right? So you're writing software. And at that stage, as an open source company, I was, you know, traveling to different companies and, and places to to train our users on Elastic. And, and, wow. and then those are some very different. Yeah, very different. And I think on. this is where like when you join an open source company or uh, a startup at that that stage, you're pretty much wearing different hats, right? And if you, like how much you can do is just based on your 
you know, how much you want to restrict yourself because, you know, I, I love doing support and we'll get into support in a bit, but I love doing support. I wanted to be close to our users. So doing multiple things. And then as we grew, you know, it just kept on. I, I said, you know, I want to manage more teams and, and get more responsibility. So I was fortunate to be in Elastic at the moment where the the growth was kind of exponential. And, and when that happens, you pretty much hold on to your seats and <laughs> try to bring clarity and try to bring like some management experience into the team. So that, that was my journey. That makes sense. So Elastic Cloud specifically is cloud hosting for Elastic Search. I'm, I'm guessing, or do I have that wrong? Yeah, that's right. Um, Elastic Cloud is a fully managed software as a service where we we do Elastic Search as a service. We we have multiple products now, uh, not just Elastic Search. So we have we built solutions on top of Elastic Search, right? So a lot of companies use Elasticsearch and uh, build like observability and logging solutions on top of it. So uh, we host all of that stuff on our uh, different cloud providers. We host on AWS, GCP, and Azure. So yeah, definitely uh, that's my everyday area of responsibility. Sarah, have you any, ever heard anybody say before, I, I really love doing support? I'm not sure I've ever heard that <laughs> or believe it. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes I've heard that before. I've heard that before. Yeah. So tell us a little about that. I mean, you, you said you were sort of wearing multiple hats and doing different things. I, I personally find that, yeah, it, it helps you keep energized. It's not like exactly like Pomodoro, but if you're doing an hour of this and then you take a break and you use a different side of your brain to do an hour of that, you know, that, that can feel like a good way to keep yourself going sometimes. But yeah, support, like where did that come in? You were actually talking to customers in a forum or what? When we joined, when Elastic was small, you know, this again comes from our open source background. Uh, in open source, when you're a maintainer or even contributing, everybody is giving you both positive feedback and negative feedback and constructive feedback, right? So you manage that relationship with your users. It's very raw and you get, you're so close to the user, right? You release something, you immediately get feedback from your user, uh, whether it's a GitHub issue or it's like, wow, this is wonderful and, and can I add something else to this? So that continued inside of Elastic and we were, you know, we had a support team. It was a small support team. And uh, what was great about Elastic and how we evolved it is that like all the engineers and all the developers were very close to our users. So even though the support team was the first level of, you know, uh, answering questions, sometimes we were training the support team itself on, on the products. And we would, because the rate of innovation at Elastic is so high and we were developing new products, we sometimes used to directly talk to our users and customers. So, you know, one of the things I love is being close to your users. Like, again, when companies get bigger, that keeps getting far away from you, right? So you have like so many different functions and teams between you and the user. So we wanted to keep that. And uh, our support was, it was a combination of like, you know, people used to file escalations and support tickets. And then we would, uh, you know, uh, we would help behind the scenes in understanding their performance benchmarks, for example, understanding how we can tweak the software for performance and, and what kind of consultative help we can uh, can give them. So the, the thing here is that the as the company grew, we wanted to scale this, right? We wanted everybody to do support so we started doing rotations. So we said, even though we have a support team, every engineering team has uh, one or two engineers every day who, who spends time just doing support. So we wanted to get this feedback so that you can understand how your product's being used and like what kind of difficulties are use, your users are facing. So we, we still do that even today. And it's not like you have to get up at 3 a.m. And, and do support. We have a full-on uh, support team, but then as your day-to-day job, so you just take a break, as Ben said, but you do it for a whole day, right? You start doing support and answering questions. 
you have the team to help with customer conversations if you if you want to, but you can directly talk to a customer. That's a very powerful thing. You know, one of the scaling things, and this is where when I came to cloud from the other team that I was managing, it, it, cloud was a very young product. So there was a lot of support queries and our support engineers used to come to our Slack channel and, and keep asking the same questions, right? So they would be like, hey, how does this user configure X or Y? How do we... How do we support this feature? And this is where I was like, you know, it's great that we want to help support, but I, you know, you want to get the most difficult questions to your engineers because you want to make sure that you know some some of the consultative things that keeps happening over and over again. Uh, you train the support team and enable them to answer that, right? So, and we were frankly struggling, and this is where I said. Look, I think what we need is is a better place for us to store all the questions and answers that people are asking and repeatedly asking. And uh, we did a small POC and and uh, we we discovered Stack Overflow Teams and and I <laughs> and I I was a big user of Stack Overflow, right? The general Stack Overflow. And I said, you know, like this is definitely solved, right? This 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 is there's a product out there, and uh, it would be great to yeah. bring it in into uh, into our uh, problem that we were facing. So that's that was my. Mm. That's great. We do the same thing internally. Yeah, and yeah. and I you know um, this is another tip I can give to you know any listeners. What, in a, in a big company, at that point, we were pretty big. We were about 1,000 people. It's always better to start things as a small pilot, as a small POC, right? And then adoption just kicks in, right? If you try to do like top-down, hey, this is a piece of software. Everybody should start using it now. It never we're works. We're all going to use yeah, it. I, yeah. yeah, right? It's just always <laughs> no. going to be like, why is why are we using a new software? We have this, you know, we have GitHub, we have Excel sheet, we have spreadsheet. So this is what I did. It was just a small POC. We curated content initially for Stack Overflow Teams. And, you know, we knew all the questions that we were getting. So we, we took all that stuff and we put that into Teams. And we opened up for like 10 uh, support engineers and said, Hey, look, this is, you know, does this answer your question? And they were like, wow, this is great. So then it, 100 people started using it. It was successful. And sometimes we still got friction from other teams. They're like, this is just cloud. Let's just cloud use it, right? And then when they saw the the, the power of it, I mean, we didn't have to do anything. This is the network effect, right? This is like where people saw the, the power of it. And then now we're actually 1,000 plus users in, in Teams. And we've got about 1,500 questions and I stepped away from it because, you know, my job was done, right? So it was like people were using it naturally. <laughs> it was just beautiful. Great. Yeah, yeah. I like that idea. If you, you just give it to 10 people and they like it, then other people are jealous. And they're like, why can't I use this tool? And suddenly, yeah, you're sort of a little reverse psychology there as opposed to trying to force feed it to them. So for the cloud team, um, so do you find that you're, who do you recommend Elastic Cloud for? Is it uh, enterprise clients? Is it smaller clients? Who do you see using that product the most? Actually, with, with SaaS, uh, the beauty of SaaS is that you could use, like, you know, if you are a developer in a big company and you want to start a project, just like we talked about, like a POC, right? You want to try out the product. SaaS is great because you can just put your credit card in there and then you can you can start using it at the beginning of your development cycle or maybe, you know, you were trying to prove out something where you have a bunch of data and they want to use Elasticsearch. You don't have to download any software, right? So it's easy. There's, like, really less friction for you to try new software. And if it works great, then you can, again, like the network effort in your team, the other developers are going to start using it. So uh, we definitely recommend it for all sizes of companies. And then as you grow, we have uh, features that are appealing to enterprise customers, like single sign-on and like cross. We have this ability to 
you know, search your data across providers. And I think that is super cool, right? So you can have your data in AWS and your data in GCP and your application can now, you don't have to worry about it. A lot of companies now do multi-cloud strategy, right? You don't want to, you know, bet on one company, maybe, you know, your company or your subsidiary in Singapore, you want GCP and then in NASA or North America, you want in, in AWS. So if you use Elastic Cloud, you kind of, can search across too. You don't have to really worry about it. It's just kind of really, really powerful concept. So the getting started experience for SaaS makes it appealing for any size company. Plus the more cloud providers you can use, the the more you can force them to give you discounts. Like you don't want to get stuck with one person. You want to let them know, hey, we're using these guys over here. We're using this team over here. Very, you know, it's advantageous to your yeah, company. Yeah, and then sometimes you know there's this concept called data gravity, right? You want to be closer to the data, and uh, if your application is in uh, in Japan, and then some cloud provider doesn't provide your uh, a data center in Japan, then obviously you're forced to use other cloud provider. And then with with you when you use something like Elastic Cloud, you don't have to make the choice. We pretty much have you covered across the world, and that's why we we call it planet scale. Like you can pretty much do it anywhere in the world. So. So, so yeah, yeah, like just thinking about cloud and search, some of the, the trends that have been going on and maybe some of what's been accelerated over the last you know year, we've seen this huge shift to remote work. What are you seeing on the horizon? Like, what are you thinking about for 2021 and beyond? Are there particular like technologies or frameworks or ways that people might start to work that you're, you're interested in? Yeah, I, I think, you know, especially with COVID and you saw it last year, you know, like before COVID, people were like, I'm starting our cloud journey, right? That's that's when there were like a lot of companies in, in Silicon Valley and others in, in places who had already, you know, transformed into cloud, but then others were like slowly getting into it. But just with COVID, as everybody said, it just accelerated 10 years, right? So we, you had to get on cloud because you don't want to spend time on, on data centers, et cetera. So I think more of that is going to happen in 2021. And um, I, I, you, you already see this as a, as a proliferation of SaaS tools, like it's so many SaaS tools, which is great. Like as a consumer, you've got so many choices. The, I mean, I love the fact that you don't have to download anything on your laptop and and then try it. I mean, ten years ago that was the case, and now you got great software that you know in like just a credit card, right? And that's so powerful. I think that's gonna that's gonna um, help people bring more software into the into the world. And I, I think I heard this somewhere like you know it's not just that people are using software; they're all becoming software companies, right? So it's like your bank your banking mm. Chase is now a software company, and Netflix. Is not a is a is not a media company. It's a software company. So I think more of these things will happen, and uh, the amount of data is just mind-boggling. That that just happens to you know, go cross boundaries, and you know there's going to be more proactive machine learning that's going to come in, right? So as you get more data, you you don't want to just be reactive. You want to you want to be able to get through all the data and and machine learning is a is a you know it's it's a very overused term where like every everyone wants to be in ai and machine learning but then it's it's definitely what you want out of machine learning and how you can you can get the best value to your users and your company i think that's the power of it to define it and to be able to use it no. yeah sarah i'm i'm sure you see this from sort of your perspective at stack overflow and at openjs i saw a slide this morning about venture funding and early stage startups. And there's sort of two things happening at once. It's interesting. So like, like you said, it just feels like everybody now has the ability to very quickly start to think about, well, could I create yeah. something here? And so simultaneously, the government is kind of saying, look, we, we need to break up these monopolies and you know nobody can compete with the giants. But at the same time, the number of startups who are getting funded and going public ha- has only accelerated. Yeah. So there's definitely still 
a lot of room within the software industry to create value, it feels yeah. like. Yeah, and, and I think another powerful concept with SaaS, which is something that I deal with every day, is the notion of um, you know paper use or consumption billing, right? So this is this is another powerful concept. And you know, with an infrastructure um, product, and there's so many infrastructure products, and and then that transcends to like applications, software too. We basically only pay for what you use. It's as simple as that, right? So it's like your electricity bill. Like you know, if you if you want to keep your lights on in your bathroom all the time, then go uh, go for it, right? So <laughs> it's very transparent. It's it's like as your company and your use case gets bigger, then you consume more, and then you see it in your bill. Yeah, I think AWS kind of pioneered it, right, for, for the cloud provider. And I see this now in like Twilio is another great example of using uh, API-based like, you know, uh, metering of your, like how you use it. It's it's pretty much everywhere now, right? Every time you see like SaaS companies, we're all talking about like, when nobody talks about seat licenses anymore, right? Nobody wants to say, you know, th- th- this is like number of like users about more about like how how you consume your resources. And that, that resource could be anything. So that's another great benefit of uh, SaaS. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure. If you enjoy the episode, go ahead and give us a little rating or a review, whatever podcast platform you're using. It does help. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Smash that like. You can send us email, podcast at stackoverflow.com. You can send Sarah uh, Crypto Kitties, Sarah Joe at SarahJoe.eth. SarahJoe.eth. That's right. You see that you saw that Nancat sold for five hundred thousand dollars. I don't even know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, send me Nancat. Our lifeboat winner of the week, LHF. How to get current UTC time in a Lua script? I will Oof. include that in the show notes if you need that answer. I'm Ben Popper, director of content here at Stack Overflow, and you can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. And I'm Sarah Chips, Director of Community here at Stack Overflow. You can find me on GitHub at Sarah Joe. Uh, See, so tell people who you are, what it is you do, and if you want to be found on the internet, you can share that too. My name is Suyog, and I'm the Director of Engineering Elastic. And it was great having, you know, participating in this show. And you can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Suyog Rao, which is my name, Suyog Rao, at Suyog Rao. Okay, terrific. <laughs> <laughs>